this podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like s*** and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Welcome to the Detox Podcast, the podcast for dads, where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. We are your hosts. Galan. Joe. And I am John. Guys, this is my triumphant return yes, to the podcast. You're back. It's you're been not, a little while. You're not sick anymore, right? Uh, yeah. Only in the head. Uh, <laughs> only in the head. That's why we have you quarantined for this episode. That's right. No. <laughs> so, um, three orders of business to get us started today. Uh, one, we're joined by two special guests. Then, two, where are we recording today? And three, what are we talking about today? Joe, do yep. you want to you take all those? Yes. So for those who remember and for those who don't, I'll introduce our guest. That was fantastic. I'm going to make sure and say that again. Uh, so our guests today are Mr. Cintos Ramos Jr. He is back with us. If you remember, back in August, we did a school and race relations in America episode. So he is here with us today. And he also brought his friend Frank Minikin Jr. Minicon. Minicon. <laughs> Thank you. So he is here with us today. And we are at uh, JB's uh, ta- uh, Junior's uh, Taquero. Taqueria. Thank you. Taqueria. Oh, there we go. Joe. I know. <laughs> Almost. I, you're the one that let me handle this I part know. of it. I'm sorry. So we are live recording. We just had some fantastic food. It's here located in Fort Worth. You got to come check it out. Yeah, 25th Street. 25th Street in Loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1426. 1426 uh, Northwest 25th Street. We just ate some fantastic food. It is excellent. And we are going to be talking about uh, manhood. Kind of like, what does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's a great great conversation. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, go on. Clean that up This episode will be about kind of like, what does it mean to be a man? Um, We all come from different different walks of life, different backgrounds, different generations. Um, and and uh, if anyone knows what it means to be a man, it's us. Yeah. So <laughs> we, really we have all the answers. <laughs> but uh, th- this episode will be, a, you know, just kind of a, a general discussion of manhood and what it means. Yeah. Um, you know, or what we think it means, and then kind of discussing our points. And then uh, we'll, we'll spill this over into the next episode where we'll talk about kind of like what being a man to us, how that translates into how we parent, how we, you know, react to those of us who have sons. And then for our, our daughters, how we teach our daughters, what does it mean to be, um, how, what, what should they expect from men? Right. That's right. That's Great right. Topic. So cool. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, guys, actually, before we do that, Frank, welcome to the show. Thank First you. Time it's guest. good to be here. It's yes. good to have you. Sinto, thank you for returning. Oh, Thanks for having me. Before we take a break, I do want to mention, for those that don't know, Sinto uh, is a on the 4th ISD school board. So... If you, uh, we kind of did a full intro, you can check out his episode. He is, uh, so that's him. He's also a good friend. And then Frank is uh, one of, what is your title at the company? I'll just let you kind of do a little okay. introduction of yourself. Before All right, well, I'm the, I'm the chief operating officer of Melanin Origins Children's Book Company. Yes. And uh, we write children's books. We feature um, African-American leaders. And uh, but our stories are nonfiction and fiction um, as we've been doing some project management here. So we began with these 
kind of fun biographies of individuals but now we're getting more into the nonfiction where other authors are just telling their stories about things you know where they grew up or just things that are interesting we actually have a flying above expectations as the newest book is about the tuskegee airmen nice. so we we put some history in there as well very cool that's awesome so there we go so these are all the people you're going to be hearing on the podcast today i kind of was taking a taking a mulligan on that intro there <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep doing it till we get it right sure yeah, yeah. all right so uh, we will be right back after this to uh, answer the age-old question, what does it mean to be a man? <laughs> All right, we are back to discuss what it means to be a man. So I guess... I guess I'll start, and we can well, go. One, one sense, I thought it might be a helpful sense just to get an idea of all of our ages, because oh, okay. as, yeah, yeah. as we were talking about this driving on the way over here today, we realized that maybe our perspectives are slightly different based on our, our age group. So, Galan, you and me, 39. Yep, we're 39. What about Joe? You guys? I am 30. I'm 43. 43? I'll be 43 in a week. So, okay. Zuko is, is the statesman <laughs> of the table. Yeah. Joe's, Joe's the young guy yep. over there. Yep. That's right. Beautiful. The, the, the two extremes. But, but again, the, you know, there's multiple generations we have. There's four of us at the table that fall under Generation X. You have the Generation Y or Millennial or whatever right. you want to call it. So it's <coughs> whatever the embarrassing one yeah. is. Yeah. Millennial is the embarrassing term. Yeah. So, yeah. might as well use that. But, uh, so, <laughs> jo- Joe is a self entitled one. Let's just go ahead and get oh, that started. Okay. Uh, okay. Here yeah. we go. All right. No, okay. no but, yeah, so it, but, but on the way over, we were talking about it, and John and I grew up. I mean, we, we grew up together, but yet even we have different perspectives on what it means to be. So, what I, I think what we'll do is actually we'll start with Joe and we'll go clockwise around the table. That way our listeners can get a visual representation of us sitting around a table or something. I don't right, know. Right, yeah. So, Joe, why don't you go ahead and <laughs> you nope, have the floor. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. Right. What does it mean to be a man? Yeah. Right. Uh, so, I think it's interesting. When I was growing up, a lot of the... We were kind of talking about this on the way over. A lot of advice I was given as far as how do you be a man, what is expected of you as a man was geared towards you got to be Mr. Fix-It kind of a thing. Like, oh. you got you to gotta know the ins and outs of cars, your house, everything, because if something goes wrong, you got to be the one to fix it. And so I felt like there was a lot of pressure on you have to be handy and it, you know, kind of going hand in hand with that is you got to be like kind of an intimidating force, like big muscles just to show this sign of strength, right? So it's like physical strength, uh, mental strength of being able to fix it and then emotional strength. And how that was interpreted to me was Keep your emotions in check. Keep it to a minimum. Keep stone faced. Don't let people know what you're thinking. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And as I've grown, it's been difficult for me to really fit into that mold. Um, and so I've I've tried to grapple with what does that mean nowadays. And and for me, it's something I'm I'm learning can mean a variety of different things. You know, strength can be in showing your emotions appropriately, talking about these complex situations. And understanding you can't fix everything, but you can learn, you know, it, there's a, a good quote that was given to me is like, you, you do your best with what you know, but when you know better, do better. Do better. And so that's what I've kind of tried to apply to a lot of different areas. So for me, being a man is it's complex and learning how to constantly be better, whether that's emotionally, physically, mentally. And not being afraid to voice that so my fellow men and I can kind of grow together. So that's, that's what it means 
in a little bit of a nutshell. So, for, yeah. so for you, from your perspective, if I'm putting words in your mouth, is sure. it's a lot more of a mental state, right? Where, where it's a lot, of, you know, like how how can you Im- cons- consistently improve? Yes. Okay. That's, a, that's, that's interesting because yeah, that, that that goes against what you talked about growing up. Right. Yeah. Hearing. Yeah. So okay. and so that now I'm trying to to take that and flip it to you know my kids specifically. I mean, my son's seven months, but when he gets older, how will I? transfer this advice and this era of learning that I'm in to him so he knows what does it mean to be a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I think I'm interested in is, is Sinto with having three boys. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very, very different perspective and, and yeah. you know, they're older and um, so yeah, I would love to, I've been really interested, I guess looking forward to what you have to say on this. So I guess we'll, we'll throw the ball to you. Okay. Well, first of all, welcome to JB's Taqueria yes. in the north <laughs> side of Fort Worth, north Fort Worth Texas. Um, <laughs> stuff, we got man. down on these tapatios estilo Acuna, and we want to, you know, I want to <laughs> give thanks to Don Jesus, the yes. owner, for his hospitality, he and his staff today. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. Um, yeah, so, look, we, we have a My Brother's Keeper initiative in Fort Worth Independent School District, and that's a question that uh, get asked pretty often, what is a man? And we have a series of activities and things that we do, but the definition that we give the young men is, it's a male who acts, thinks, and lives responsibly. And then we break that down as to what, uh, what it is to act, what it is to think, and what it is to uh, live responsibly. So because we're working primarily with males of color, it's really just uh, based on what we call critical race theory. It's the counter narrative. It's the counter storytelling. And so that completely applies to me as I'm born and raised in this neighborhood that uh, grew up, um, as, as you heard in the first podcast, I have an amazing father and, and a man who was uh, almost everything that was the definition of a macho man yeah. coming from Acuna, Coahuila, Mexico, and yet at, at the right time seemed to flip it to where he showed the love and the compassion in the times when I probably least expected it. And this is coming from a man with, uh, with not, a high school gr- not having a high school uh, diploma or any college. He's just a gentleman who, who learned from life. And his wisdom that he still carries with him comes from life experiences. So for me, it was, yeah, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I was a good man uh, by that definition and, and contribute not only to my family, but also to society and to my God. And then come my three sons, where I've got an amazing wife, Anita, who doesn't play. And, <laughs> and said, we're not going to have the stereotypical... Uh, uh, male um, in our household, she has a list of like 20 to 25 things that every boy should know um, in order to become a man. And in that are examples of uh, be mindful of who uh, you marry because they will be the gatekeeper to me seeing my grandchildren. Mm. Um, Things that also talk about yes sir, yes ma'am still go a long way, you know, regardless of the time and era. So there's those things that we were really conscious about uh, and, and try to instill that in all three boys. And I think uh, she's done a heck of a job. And I'll take maybe 1% of the credit because she's <laughs> been the one that's ensured that these guys are going to be sensitive uh, to people and uh, also especially to women. Mm-hmm. Hey, it, that's, that's actually really, really cool to, to hear. And, and especially that the woman, like the, the, your wife, your equal in your marriage is in some ways more than, you know, and in, that your boys are better for that. That's really, really cool. Um, Firstly, like Teresa, or not Teresa, that's my wife. Um, John and I, who's John, not my wife. Not your wife. Well, <laughs> Teresa may beg to differ, but um, like we grew up 
five minutes south of this, and it's like I had no idea that like good rest, you know, like restaurants like this were here, and that, that makes me kind of sad because it would have been cool to be able to drive up and Clearly and have like to go to restaurants. Yeah, John and I are <laughs> we, we, we we thoroughly enjoy food and, and shack upsize. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it, it's interesting. My uh, my wife uses the term emotionally constipated, um, and in growing up, I gr- I grew up with my grandparents as my more parental figures than my own parents my dad lived down in austin the majority of my childhood so that was a you know three-hour drive so it's not like i could just go not like i was over there every weekend i saw him for a month out of the year and then it seemed like every other christmas because of family politics and everything um and so i i was kind of my my role of, of man like was kind of defined by my grandfather's attitude i was raised by a boomer um, now, my grandfather was not physical or handy by any means. He had osteoporosis. He couldn't move his head. Um, but he was an intimidating figure. He was, he just, he he held the room when you were in there. Um, he was very stoic, for lack of a better word. He was very quiet. He's a man of few words, which obviously I, I haven't picked up. But it's, <laughs> it's, I learned that it's, that for me, a lot of it, like, the kind of stereotypical Hollywood man, like, where it's, as Joe mentioned, he's handy, he's, you know, he, he doesn't show his emotions because he has to be the emotional rock for everybody. Um, he has to be able to take control of a situation, be intimidating when need to be, um, beat some ass when he needs to be. And it's like all those, you know, like you grew up with uh, Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. He was romantic when he needed to be, but, you know, like he kicked some ass in the movie. And mm-hmm. so it's like I, I, I grew up with, with all of these things. And for a long time, I felt like I was a disappointment of a man because I didn't live up to that. I'm not handy. I'm not... I'm not a fighter. Uh, I've been in one fight in my entire life, and that involved pushing some dude in a parking lot, in, in a wet parking lot down in the rain because he threw a wild swing. Um, so you won the fight? I, right. it, in theory. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm Humble brag. Yeah, now, I, won, t- I won the tell fight. Tell us about a time you um, lost. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's, I, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not handy. I, I, can, I can sometimes swing a hammer, and I do about 20% of the nail straight. Um, I, I do come up with clever things. I use a we're, we're, we had a rat in our shed, oh. and I'm like, oh, I can problem solve this. Let's go get some chicken wire, and run it around because rats can't chew through that and they can't fit through it. And I have a staple gun, so I, instead of hammering, I can just pull a trigger, and I still manage to get the staples like bent. And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's halfway up. Tried but, to MacGyver the solution. Yeah, I tried to MacGyver, but it's you know, it, as I've as I've become a father, I've I've wanted to be able to fix things i wanted mm-hmm. to be able to show not my not, i don't want to show my daughter that i i'm handy i want to show my daughter that you you can figure it out find right. a so find a solution that works and and ultimately what it comes to it, it for those of us uh, you know in, in the corporate world you listening and us and some of us at the table there's something called strengths finders and it's a book that you go through and you find out what your strengths are most mm-hmm. of them are professional um and, and one of my three, one of my five top five strengths is responsibility, and it's essentially like if I screw up, I take responsibility for it. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I, I want to show my daughter is that it's it's okay to mess up, it's okay to make mistakes, and you, learning how we learn from them, how we improve ourselves. So it's you know even though Joe and I have a lot of differing opinions on certain things, that is something that that I agree with is how can I be, how can I be better, how can I continue to improve myself. And yes, I am emotionally constipated. I learned at a, at a young age through a couple of really, you know, traumatizing things to compartmentalize. And so I compartmentalized my emotions. When our cat Cheeto died recently, like I was the only one in the house that didn't cry because I wanted to be the emotional rock for 
my my wife and daughter when her father died the same thing when my grandparent when my grandfather died in 1996 like i was the only one in the family that didn't cry because everyone else was and i'm like i need to be that i need to be the stability for everybody i need to shoulder all of their emotions and you know and, and um, so i for the better part of 20 years i've been emotionally constipated i've lived up to that part of the man of, of the perception i had of being a man because I just don't, I just don't deal with emotions. I compartmentalize them for so long until it's so far in the past that it doesn't bother me. Um, and how I want to, to translate to, to Ellie is, you know, expect her that just because a man is physically stronger, which we generally are, that doesn't mean that she deserve that that she should accept being physically um, dominated, mm-hmm. physically like he she shouldn't have a, to be afraid of a man hitting her. She should be. You know uh, the the expectations that that she should be able to be an equal, which is how I you know it's, it's the the way our marriage is that that her mother and I are equals, um, and oftentimes just like Sinto, my uh, my wife is my better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I want her to to look at look back at me and you know and see that the stability, the the consistency, the responsibility, and the willingness to you know improve and, and say where can i improve that's that's what i want her to take so that's what being a man to me is mm-hmm. is being able to do some of the other stuff and if you can't figuring out the solution sometimes the solution is calling somebody like yeah, oh exactly i can't take my sink apart i will call a plumber <laughs> <laughs> and be and be in and, and seeing my my limitations so i right. think that that's what it's sum- that's that's kind of what it sums up for me yeah so well for me uh my father was a he was born in liberia so he was born in another country came to this country and uh, but for the most part even though we weren't living in liberia we lived in an african household you know so all the rules were were from the motherland and uh, he pretty much led with an iron fist not in an abusive way but we got plenty of whoopings (laughs) until we got it right um so but but my father also uh unfortunately passed away i was 21 years old when he passed away but but as far as i can remember every conversation that we had that i remember understanding it was all in construction of me becoming a man, you know right. what I mean? Even from five years old, 10 years old, like all the things we did, you know, one day I'm not going to be around, son. You got to be able to take care of yourself and take care of your family. Or, you know, in an unfortunate situation where I might not be here, you're the oldest son. You're going to need to step in and take care of the family. So it was really, you know, heavy responsibility on uh, just just being I guess strong enough to say I can handle whatever is coming, whether, whether that's fixing the sink and being handy or realizing that I have those limitations. So being able to call somebody to fix it. But at the end of the day, everything falls on your shoulders. You get the biggest piece of the chicken and, and you have to handle situations. Um, so that was really something that was drilled into us at an early age, especially me. Uh, but then in order to get there, one of the things that because my family is real educational. Right. So I have doctors and lawyers and stuff like that in my family. I'm the guy that didn't get all that, but um, but it was it was always you know a very pro education. Take care of your business. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna lay this out, and if you do these things, then you're gonna be successful. Um, you know, in life as a man. Uh, but but at the end of the day, it's all about being responsible, no matter what that looks like. Being responsible, being able to handle things when they happen, being able to take your family and lead them into you know the world. Um, constantly elevating yourself, constantly progressing as an individual, you know, learning, constantly learning every single day from other people, your surroundings. Um, and, and like you guys, my wife, she's the she's the she's the top dog in the house. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she's the top dog. But when things happen, she's looking at me. You know what I mean? 
Um, so, so really, you know, just what I also remember is really being very spiritual, like being a reflection, representation, and reproduction of God's image. You know what I mean? Like, you know, God made man, and and we're a reflection of God. So. You know, you need to be okay with feeling that strength and taking that responsibility to lead your family into the future. Um, so, and but my father was—he was—he was a very focused man. But at the same time, he showed those emotions. As I got older, he was a real cool guy. I mean, we were cool right. because I took care of my business. I was—you know—I played sports. I was in. Uh, I had really good grades. I never had a problem with school. I wasn't a troublemaker, so I had a lot of freedom. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, but he showed he showed me. There was a point in time where I was about a junior in high school, where he he basically told me, you know what, you're doing exactly what I what I needed you to do as my son and as a man. So uh, with that comes a whole lot of responsibility and freedom. So uh, don't mess it up. Like one right. of the things you used to tell me is like because I'm junior, so he used to tell me don't go messing my name up in the street. Because, you know, you have my name. Right. So when something happens, people are going to, you know, don't mess my name up in the street. And I was, you know, because of the way he raised me, I was fully, uh, I was I was accepting of that challenge. And I was excited about going out into the world and representing him and representing the family. Right. You know, I really took pride in that. I really took pride in that. And that's something that I translate to my son as well. It's interesting that there's three of us I know, at the I was table. That there's, I mean, I'm a, I'm a second, uh -huh. but technically I'm a junior. I don't know why my dad <laughs> did second instead of junior. Bougie. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, it's, 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 it sounds, it sounds fancy because Eddie, Eddie Glanaldaka the second sounds fancier than Aldaka Junior. Very fancy. But it's it, it's interesting that it's like yeah, there's three of us that are that are carrying on our our father's name. Mm -hmm. um, I even did that with my daughter. Like she doesn't have my father's name, obviously, but I followed the naming convention of I'm Eddie instead of El, instead of Edward. So she's Ellie instead of Eleanor mm -hmm. or anything like that, and then the five, the the G middle name, five letters. So mm -hmm. it's that's interesting that it's you know we're following that it completely uh, nothing to do with being a man. It's just <laughs> but it, but it, but kind of right because yeah. it's like part of it is like it's continuing on the legacy yeah. that's right. been that's come before you, and so yeah. I think I find that fascinating too. My dad was a junior, mm -hmm. and um, and he he chose not to you know name my brother the third or whatever because he was like. He had a different perspective. He had a, a tumultuous relationship with his dad that was rectified at the end, but he spent most of his life being kind of, you know, did not necessarily like having to share his name with his dad because of the relationship they had. And so when we came along, he's like, I want you guys to kind of forge your own path. Mm -hmm. But then now talking with him recently, he's like, no, I'm glad that I was a junior for so long before my dad passed because I, I didn't realize how much I, I did appreciate that kindred bond that we innately had by sharing the same name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I just tell my dad I'm I'm version 2.0 that I'm better in every way. You were the <laughs> one that kept telling me to call Bennett Joe Jr. I was, yeah, I, was just yeah. Calling, I wanted to call him JJ. I know. Mm -hmm. Not so I could dynamite or anything. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, sure. I'm, surpri I'm surprised you laugh at that joke because that's, that's way before your time. Hey, man. I, that's pretty I much before my time, too. I know stuff. Okay. Right. You know so about good times? <laughs> yes, yeah. I do. Dude, for a long time, I was so intimidated by John Amos in any movie that oh, he yeah. watched. Like, I would just my watch it right on there. screen, exactly. and I'd be like, holy crap, Like that dude, he freaked me out. Yeah, Because <laughs> I thought he could I, – I would look at that man, I'm like, that man could beat my ass. He could come through the TV. <laughs> yes. That, you know. that was my old man, yeah. and that's why I identified so much with his character, mm -hmm. because when you didn't expect it, there came the love right. for JJ right. and little Michael and Delma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My uh, my grandfather was very much without all the kind of the questionable racial stuff. Like my grandfather was Archie Bunker. 
Like, it very, very much that, that, <laughs> did that attitude. Like, even my, even my mom will talk, like, my family's talked about it. It's like the, watching him on TV was watching their dad on TV. Wow. wow. But without, all, you know, like, uh, as much of the without kind of. The, without yeah, as much. much. With only 50% of the racism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, no, there's no denying my grandfather had a few moments where, uh, you know, the, being a product of an older time came out. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, it, that's just funny. Like, we'll TV, just like that's yeah, probably yeah, a whole other episode. The like, what what TV ep- like what TV does? I think it was something you wanted to talk about um, at some point at a, when we were doing the uh, thirty six hours, oh, yeah, like yeah. no time for sleep, like TV dads. That, but that that would be an interesting uh, oh, conversation yeah. too. But Definitely. that brings us to our our last person at the table, and that would be John. Yeah, I'm probably the most least qualified to answer this question. I feel like, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But um, Frank, one of the things I, I love that you were talking about is that. Uh, being raised with that that spiritual spiritual authority of God that mm-hmm. says, yeah, you can be a man and, and lead your family. For me, bird's eye view. I guess one, one of the I think key factors about about becoming a man is trying to figure out what's the who has the authority to actually define what a man is. And for me, that comes from God. I believe His authority supersedes whatever our culture tells us right. um, should. A, a man should be so Cinto that's what I, I love I love hearing you talk about rewriting the narrative rewriting the story like it's not what other people tell us we should be that defines in this case you know what a, a man should be but it's it's what we know a man should be based off the authority that, that we um, recognize mm-hmm. so for me I think that's that's the one defining thing it's it, it's not even based off of what I feel I think we live in a day where in our culture the the prevailing thought is whatever you feel that's who you are that's what defines you just Mm -hmm. based off of your emotions and uh i think um not to be not not disagreeing with what what you're saying along that there was a stereotypical or not not trying to play along with that that stereotypical idea that men can't have feelings you can't you can't express your emotions but i don't think we're defined by our emotions and i think we're defined by an authority that supersedes like what our culture tells us what i I feel or whatever Mm -hmm. um so but then the second thing is i feel like i'm least the least qualified at this table to define what a man should be because I feel like I'm living an extended adolescence <laughs> because I'm 39, I'm not married, I have no kids. So what that means a lot, like when you're talking about accepting responsibility to taking res- responsibility in, in your life, I feel like uh, two huge factors um, that, that sort of force a man into mm-hmm. that or ex- at least encourage a man is getting married right. and then having children. People <laughs> whose physical well-being... Right. Our entire well-being depends on you and your decisions, exactly. and so I feel like I don't really have that force in, in my life, you know. So I feel like no one's really held my feet to the fire in that regard. So when you talk about what it means to be a man, well, uh, I just leveled up to level seven in my Dungeons and Dragons game. Uh, you know, I'm playing playing Planet Side Two video games on Steam with the boys. That's uh. Sort of, I just like I don't know. I'm just I'm here to listen and learn from you guys to figure out what I'm doing wrong and how I need to become a man. So Wait, here's an interesting observation that goes back to like the relationship that John and I have had for years. Um, so you may not be a dad or uh, married or anything like that. You may play video games or whatever. But the in in and Frank talked about this when we were eating food. Is there? We we asked Frank, does he feel wise? And there are things that th- that so you're talking about, like some some younger guys coming to you yeah. and asking you for advice. Right, and, right, and, right. And, and it's something you that know, Joe did with Galan about being a father. Right. Mm-hmm. There are people that I know that know John, and 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 I share the same thing. That it's like to me, John is a wiser man than I am, mm-hmm. and so. 
because it's, I'm not married. Because you're not married. Maybe it will be. Right. But it's, it's, it, John is the person that I will turn, like, he is my sounding board. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I need to talk to someone about something that, you know, that's gonna, he's going to be the first friend that I turn to. And, and to me, that's something that being a man is, is you are that kind of, uh, you are that rock for somebody. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, I mean, John is, is consistent. So not to toot your horn. But it's like there's there's that consistency, something that I look to be, to, that I look to provide to Ellie as a as a father, but as a man in her life, that I get from you. So you may feel like you're not the most qualified to be a man or say what a man is, but I I look to that to that, and I see that that quality that I yearn for in you. And people that that know Frank have seen it in Frank, and I imagine especially his Sintos boys see it him him is that too and he may very well have friends that are like hey what do i do in this situation mm-hmm. there's no one that comes to me outside of joe before he had kids being like what do i do and so that that's something that that you have maybe you didn't know um <laughs> that's something that you have that that i don't as a man you know and and i i think that's interesting so i, I think in, in a way at least by society standpoint you sell yourself a little short no, no, sure. Well, thanks, you buddy. You, the whole you, reason I said I was least qualified is so that you would shower me with compliments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> singing your well praises. Played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> second chorus singing John's praises. But it's, you know, I, I think that's interesting. And, and, and I, I think it would be fascinating to get the people on the fringes of, of our, or maybe not even the fringes, maybe the people that are very, that interact with us and mm-hmm. to see, it's like, and, and to get their opinions of, of what are your opinions of Frank? What are your opinions of Joe, of Cinto, of John, of Galan? And to see where where it falls, and I think that's the interesting thing is we can't just be like, so do you think I'm a man? Like, am <laughs> I a manly man? Right. You know, and what kind like, of man am I? Like, I'm in, I'm in and tight, tight, tight. You know, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think for the most part, people aren't going to come up to you and say like, you're failing in this area of being a man. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, right. no. Some, <laughs> some of us, you know, the our fathers might. You yeah, know, our fathers very, might. very well Absolutely. might be. Um, your spouse, yeah, your spouse. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's spouse the thing is, I want my spouse. I want Teresa to tell me when, when I'm basically when I'm effing up, right? And right. it's like that. That is kind of in her, in her vows, which she didn't say it, but I mean that that to me goes with being married. Is like right. you hold your spouse, your feet, your spouse's feet to the fire. When they screw up, you tell them. Mm-hmm. As as a man, I need to tell my wife, hey, you, I don't think you handle that. I wouldn't because I think that she would like praying mantis my head off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a little afraid. <laughs> You know, but it's, you know, but I expect her. It's like, I, I want her to hold me accountable. Right. That's what I need to, you know, I, I yeah. need that. And, you know, it's, it goes back to what uh, Sintos was, Sinto was saying about, um, you know, the 25 things you should know and, like, be careful who you marry. And I think that's, you know, you you really do need to make the, the decision of, like, who am I going to trust with the rest of my life? Because mm-hmm. you want someone that's, that's kind of, you know, you're better half, yeah, but someone that's going to call you on your BS whenever you're like, no, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And as, you know, as a spouse, as a father, as a, a man, and, you know, that's that's valuable. A lot of people don't put as much stock in that as they should. And mm-hmm. so you see a lot of bad decisions being made and, you know, stuff not working out. But it's like that's a huge decision. Definitely. Have. You know, it's also it's interesting, um, you know, when I was when I was uh, getting with my wife. Certain things, obviously, you don't you don't get all the information up front. Right. As you <laughs> begin, <laughs> as, like as you father. build, yeah, as you build your life things come out like she uh she's she's an older she has a she has one sister she's 10 years older than her sister so for those first 10 years of life she was an only child yeah i'm the second oldest of seven kids you know so our upbringing oh, wow. is totally different right um then also you know my dad was pretty much in my life 
from the beginning until he uh, passed away. But her dad was present, but he was, you know, she was raised by her grandparents. Yeah. So her relationship with her dad now, you know, it's very, very toxic. You know what I mean? Like when he tries to be dad, she is yeah. like, no, you weren't, you were never my dad. So, you know, and it's really, it's difficult for me to hear sure. those conversations, but you know, sometimes you don't realize based on what the, your spouse's upbringing is or the person that you're dealing with, you don't realize how some of those things are going to come out and maybe have an effect on your current situation. And you really have to be able to be open enough to, to discuss those things openly. Um, I was in a conversation in a group meeting the other day and they were asking questions about relationships. And one of the things they said was, oh, so if there's an issue or something comes up, do you, do you bring it up or do you not say anything and some people they don't talk about the issues in their relationships but i think it's important in that communication part and as as a man to say hey listen this is something we need to discuss because it may have an effect on our relationship right you know it's interesting because i was raised by my grandparents and and i have a, a different relationship with my dad but it's it, it, the, the relationship with my dad is i would say 80 percent friend you know and, be, and and part of it is because i grew up so separate and then you know when i was 14 my my little sister was born and she cried nonstop. She's not going to listen, but Jordan, dude, you wouldn't shut up, like, ever. <laughs> and so I'm like, I want to go home because his house was not home. Jordan, and how you doing, girl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I can, you know, for, for me, as I'm listening to you gentlemen, I'm also thinking about how um, I, I think I may have mentioned in the first podcast that my dad just couldn't be present physically because he had to work so many yeah. hours mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. to put food on the table and to provide for, for a home, right? And um, I also think about, as we sit here in this location, in this neighborhood, that what he did was he did the second best thing he could do. He surrounded me with church, with community. Um, And so there's a lot of people, a lot of men in this neighborhood who looked out for me, who ensured that uh, when I was going from All Saints Catholic over possibly going to to a public school, my dad had said, you know, you're going to go because I don't know if we can afford it. And a, a gentleman named Juan Daniel Garcia, name, nicknamed Danny, went over to Nolan Catholic High School and said, hey, can you give this kid a scholarship because he'd like to continue his private school education? And he did. And then I think of people who coached me and looked out for me. Um, and, you know, my barber across the street, Uriel, who, you know, known my parents forever, just having that, that connection here, um, it was huge, huge for me to, to kind of be able to look at the images of of positive for me at that time to find positive Latino males who um, didn't necessarily have the, the, the college degree per se, right? Um, but did instill in me to say, hey, you, you have a privilege here that we don't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we came here to, to seek a better life for people like you, so handle up. And uh, I think of the most significant figures in this neighborhood who really instill in my head, you know, take full advantage of the education that this country has to offer you and do something with it. And when you do something, not only for yourself, make sure that you remember everyone else that's still here in this community, which is where we came with that part of that hook of it's not always about leaving the hood. It's mm-hmm. about coming back to the hood. And uh, the reason why I get to see so many, even here as we sit in this restaurant, I'm watching how many men are coming in with their families to break bread, mm-hmm. right? That, that something that we can take a lot of pride in and the time spent with one another. You can hear the sound effects with the children crying <laughs> in the background. <laughs> and, I, and, and cool enough, it's the dad who's taking care of the, the crying baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah it's the, it, it, in, in a way, your story speaks to the, you know, like it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. And in that instance, like you, like you said, your dad knew that he couldn't be there because he had to work. But he, he made sure that you had what you needed. And I guess that, that's part of it, too, is like, you know, whether we're, whether we're single um, or married or married with children, it's, 
making sure that our family or the people that are important to us have what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, it, it's something that, I, I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday that, you know, it was, uh, actually it was my dad, like talking about making sure that, you know, um, I think part of it's like there's a possibility he may have lung cancer. And it's, you know, that's a pretty nasty uh, customer to deal with. And making sure that his wife has a list of all the different accounts to make, you know, in the event that he passes, to make their life easier. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that he's, he's in, you know, I guess you could look at it. It's like, hey, it's mad enough to make sure the things are taken care of. But it's it's those things that's like making, you know, it's small compared to your dad, you know, making sure that you have what you need to, to grow up. But it's just, it's, it's interesting. Like, there's little things like that. Like, what can we take? Like, how can we, and, and I guess in this day and age, it's not necessarily being a better man. How can I be a better person? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I, I sit at the table with, with a black man and a Hispanic man. And, you know, and, and there are, I mean, race and racism is a prevalent issue mm-hmm. in our country. Still. And it's yep. how do I, as, as a father and as a man, teach my kid to to see that through don't see not see that through the lens that society sees it through or that the the society that media presents exactly i'd say i'd say another podcast for another time is the talk Mm -hmm. the talk that i have to have with my latino male sons of of how to look out for themselves um Mm -hmm. what what they should or shouldn't be doing Based on how society perceives them, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that's a whole conversation. Yeah. Oh, I also yeah. listen to uh, when you when you reference your father uh, um, and being like, what you say, eighty percent coach, eighty yeah, percent friend, eighty yeah. percent friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I my father, my father at some point sat down with me and said, "Look, you you have no reason to fear me after a handful of butt whoopings, more than a handful." <laughs> yeah. up. but I remember the day when I was about eighteen, nineteen, and he said. You know, those days are gone because I still had this fear of my father yeah. because of how he would, you know, put his hands on me growing up to ensure that I was going to be more fearful of him than of these streets here. And I, I, I think now and reflect on how I've got a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old and an 11-year-old, but more, more relevant to the 20 and 18-year-old. Did I recently had to have that conversation again because of their conversation with me? Like, Dad, because... We're fearful of you. And my mindset was, if we're going to grow up in Northside, you're going to, same, same mentality as my dad. Mm-hmm. You're going to fear me before you fear anybody else. And, and even with the college degrees and the education and, and the level that I have and the training at the juvenile department, I still had fallen right into the same example that my father had given me. And I figured it worked, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm alive. I'm, I'm well. I'm, I'm somewhat educated. So why, why wouldn't I stick to the same formula? Mm-hmm. And not too long ago, having sat down with my sons and like, what's going on? And then it took my wife who checks me and says, hey, you know, you need to circle back and zero in on what's going on here. And so then the final piece is to connect to movies, right? I always like that, that Rocky, that Rocky five. Yeah. When Adrian is, is in the street, cuss, you know, getting right. on to yeah. uh, Rocky because he's focusing on investing in Tommy Gunn mm-hmm. and he forgot to invest in his own son. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest conversation that my wife and I need to have on a regular basis of you're out there, if you're out there trying to save the world, school board, juvenile, things of that nature, this is your first priority. Yeah. Don't forget that you have three Ramos boys who are coming out of this, com- this home into this community, into this world and how powerful those conversations are and really just a good gauge for me. To know where I'm at. And because I do know that my boys are doing really well, you know, shouldn't be the exception, but currently probably are. 
um, I, I have to take a step back and reflect on how did we get there and how do I still get better at, at being a better father. Right. Well, and, I, and I think that's interesting, something to, to lead into and tease for the next episode where we talk about being a man and how does that, how do we, how do we teach our kids? John, John has the one that he had the really good question. He has a much better way of phrasing it, I think. Like, Oh, I was just going to ask, are you giving us the three symbol? Yeah, I'm giving you the three symbol now. All right, all right. That means we, we need to copy the episode. But yeah, yeah, what I'd like to talk about next episode a little bit um, is delve a little bit more into, one, how did becoming a father affect you guys' idea of what being a man was? Then two, a little more, since you, you mentioned like your wife's list of, of 20, 25 things, but what, what do you guys specifically do to impart the idea of what a man should be to your, to your kids and... Um, yeah, I guess I'd just like to hear more about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I, I touched episode. on that. You, tu- you touched on that. I think that would be a really great thing to revisit as, as soon as we start the next episode. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we will be right back with our dad joke of the week. Talks podcast. Uh, I didn't really need to remind you what podcast this is because you're listening to it, and <laughs> Some, mean, it's somehow halfway through it changed. <laughs> yeah, if you just forgot. <laughs> what was I listening to again? Oh, right, those brand, guys. Brand those recognition. Guys. You just got to keep saying the brand. Yes, hey, indeed. we're the Detox Podcast. Welcome to the Detox Podcast. Today on the Detox Podcast, we're going to talk <laughs> Detox. All right, gotcha. Uh, it's that, time for our dad joke of the week, and this yes. week our dad joke comes f- from Joe. Yep. So, uh, guys. I gotta tell you, this furniture store keeps calling me. All I wanted was one nightstand. <laughs> one <laughs> nightstand. One nightstand. Wow. One nightstand. Where the hell did you pull that <laughs> out of? It's all right. It's a, it's almost like that time I fell in love. Uh, nope, I butchered that joke. We're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave that one. <laughs> we should ruin that. I'm joke. Stop while you're behind. Because people are going right. to be like, what's the joke? And they're going to go Googling intensely. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't even give enough of it. it was, one uh, night stand. Yeah. The one night, I did, I did one night oh, stand. this is what it was. Did I tell you about the time I fell in love during a backflip? I was head over heels. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. not as good I as my screw up made it seem. I may, ed- I may edit that out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. All right, cool. Awesome. <laughs> one right. night stand. Yep. Uh, so, uh, guys, having the dad joke of the week out of the way, um, it brings us to that time that we get to at the end of every episode, which is... The end of the episode. Uh, at the end of the episode, we play this game called the hashtag game, where we vote on what we think the official hashtag should be for this episode. Right. Joe, do you have a list of contenders for us? I do. So for the hashtag roundup today, we've got uh, hashtag do better, mm. hashtag brothers keeper, hashtag of size, hashtag emotionally constipated, hashtag <laughs> I know stuff, and hashtag handle up. <laughs> Wow, there's, uh, your, there's so many windows in, in there. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys? What do you guys I'm, I'm going to go with emotionally constipated. Right. I, I'm I seconding like emotionally I'm constipated. I like that, and I like uh, hashtag handle up, too. All right. yeah. I like that. You're going to have a vote here. I'll go handle up also. <laughs> Ooh, We're going to make <laughs> Joe decide. Ooh. Ooh. The pressure for the millennials. I'm going to go handle up. All right. Oh, handle, up. Handle, handle up, handle up. Hashtag handle up. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, Cinto, Frank, thank you guys for joining us. And you're going to be back on our next episode to continue this discussion about what it means to be a man. Even though I feel like we pretty much wrapped that up in a nice little bow. Really nice. We got to the bottom of that this episode. (laughs) Um, We have all the answers. 
Yeah, yeah. totally. That's totally. it. Think, yeah. yeah, man, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the age-old question is solved in like 30 minutes. That's awesome. Look at yeah, that. Absolutely. They just needed us, the five of us, like We're a superhero good. team, to come right. in <laughs> and Avengers up the, 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 the whole thing. We That's saved right. the city. <laughs> That's right. Uh, more like an Avengers 2, though, than an Avengers 1. Is the there Brown really Hulk because I'm so full of duty? It's my duty <laughs> so to save the So, anyways, country. thanks for listening. I should edit that uh, out. Holy crap. <laughs> yes, if you guys... Holy crap. Holy crap. Oh, Now we start the dookie jokes now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh. Just uh, call me so, the dookster. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Uh, if you have me. any ideas for uh, questions you would like to ask the dads, or if you know dads who have stories that should be told, then you can contact us how, Galan? You can go to our website at detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S. You'll find links to... Our Facebook, our Twitter account, uh, our Patreon, where you can, for as little as two bucks a month, get access to bonus content that we do. Um, you can find our, our email address there as well. Um, yeah, I think that, that sums it up. You can always find us on VocalNow. That's V-O-K-A-L-Now.com. Um, we even have a little hashtag on there. If you go to VocalNow.com slash hashtag D-Talks, you will get our actual website. Well, awesome, awesome. And uh, as always, you can help us out by telling other dads about us. We will be back next week. And until then, hashtag handle up and hashtag be a better dad. Special thanks to John, Justin, and Eddie for supporting the podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com. now.com.